Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Father, we thank you that, that we can just open up our hearts for your Word. Uh, thank you that you've prepared our hearts long in advance. And uh, Lord, we just want to come and just take any distraction that is in our minds or even accusations or just keeping us occupied or preoccupied. We want to bring that just unto, unto you and say, Lord, we want to be right here, right now, in this moment and engage fully with you, your word. And I pray, Father, that, that you would speak through me, through your Holy Spirit, and that you put a guard in front of my mouth not to, not to speak that which, is, that which is not from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to show you a video clip for one one minute, and then uh, then we'll get into get stuck into this. Okay, just to just to break the ice there, I'm going to talk a little bit about preparation this morning, and uh, the I've entitled it um, "Preparation: A Neglected Neglected Priority." And uh, obviously, you can pull through the principle through to to any part of our lives. That was obviously applicable to interviews. Uh, students, I'd encourage you come chat to me before you go for an interview. Um, but have you, have you ever have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've just felt, um, I wish I prepared better for this? Anybody exam prep? If you, I had a lot of those moments um, going into the exam. You're like, okay, I recognise that, but I really don't know the answer to that. Is that, am I the only one? <laughs> all right. Um, or you step into an interview and they start asking you all sorts of questions. You're like, oh, okay, no, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to what, what to answer. Um, but but any any situation you walk into, um, and sometimes you feel you feel prepared, and uh, um, other t- other times not. Um, so you all you all relate to this in in, in some way. Um, or, or somebody, sometimes for the ladies, if, if, if you're, or the, or the married ladies at least, if, if your husband proposed to you like out of the blue and you didn't expect it, you're like, you don't know what to say and, and you start crying and all sorts of things. Um, you just, you just overwhelmed. Like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready for this and you just do it. And uh, same, same with when you're expectant with a baby. Baby comes and your whole life changes and you feel like as a mother or as a father, ah, I don't feel like I was ready for this. Um, but we all have those moments, right? Yeah. So what I want to, what I want to actually just talk to, talk to us this morning specifically about is, is two, twofold is, is preparation, um, of ourselves coming into the presence of God. And also preparations of our, preparation of ourselves to meet together as a community. I'll, in, a, in another time, I'll talk about how do we prepare ourselves to engage with the world. But that's that's a story for another day. So read with me, um, Luke twelve verse forty seven. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. Okay, so just a little bit of context here. This is a conversation Jesus is having with his disciples, long conversation, and he's, and he's kind of starting the conversation about do not worry about your life, what you will wear, what you will drink. Uh, he clothes the lilies of the field, etc., etc. And he goes on, he says, um, for, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be followed to you. Then he goes on and has, has this conversation about this, about a master and his servants. Um, and the first conversation that he has with, regarding with the master and his servants is in, from verse 35 to 40, he talks about being watchful, being, having, watchful for the master goes away to a wedding banquet and he puts the servant in charge of his household. Um, he's just saying that the servant needs to be watchful for when the master returns so that he can, that, that he's basically on his, on his post. So there where he needs to be and he's doing what he needs to do and the, and the servant doesn't know when the master is coming. So it might be the second, third or whenever watch. So that's a, the context of the conversation. And then he continues the conversation with regarding, with regarding managing or the servant doing what the master wants. But he, he, he kind of moves the, con- the, the context to, who then is a faithful and wise manager? 
if a if if a if a master puts his servant servant in charge to give food allowance to the um, to the rest of the of his household at the proper time, then he comes in with this scripture: the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. Verse forty-eight actually continues and says, but the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with, uh, the, the one who will be entrusted with little, will be a little bit required. If you've been entrusted with much, will, much will be required. Yeah, I don't want to labor too long the point. Okay, it'll be come, coming back soon. Oh, there we go. All right, so there's just three points I just want to kind of highlight out of here. Is one is there's a place of where we need to know what is God's will. There's a place of you, you can't get ready or you can't do somebody's will unless you actually know it. It's a little bit like a dirt statement, but it, but we kind of we try to kind of feel our way through this life and we try to figure out okay, well, if, if I do this, then surely that. But I just want to just stand still there with a moment is in in, any, in anything in life is see God's will. And, and some things are, are very straight in Scripture, very straightforward. Other things is like more, do I go left, do I go right? Do I take that job, do I take that job? Do I make this decision, do I make that decision? That's slightly different. Um, and, but there's certain things in Scripture which is very clear that is what is God's will. Um, and, and in order to know that, you need to know Scripture. Right? So it's a priority for us to get into His Word in order to also get to know His will, which He's already communicated. Often, some of us are too lazy to read Scripture, so then we ask God, Lord, show me your will. And uh, what we're actually asking is, Lord, show me a YouTube video clip of what your will is for me right now. <laughs> a lot easier, right? <laughs> um, but obviously, there's a place for that where you're asking God, Lord, what is your will? Um, but very often, um, when some, if it's something God has already said, He's probably going to point you back to Scripture. Um, and then there's obviously other decisions in life which we, which we need to make. But Scripture does give us still, in other decisions, do I go left, do I go right, there's still, the Scripture still gives us the basis for which we make those decisions on. Amen? All right, so then there's a place of, interestingly enough, like I read in the next, in, in, in verse 48, it says there, but, this, but he who does not know and does not do. He doesn't exempt people that doesn't know. You see that? So there's a place of where we need to proactively see God's will. Just because we don't know God's will and therefore cannot be expected to do God's will, does not actually exempt us from actually having been expected to know God's will. We're in a position from where we can actually seek His face, see God's will, and then prepare ourselves and then do it. And the thing is, often with, often with, um, with, I think one of the biggest challenges for us as Christians coming to church on a weekly basis is hearing testimonies, hearing the Word of God, experiencing God, but where the transformation in our own personal lives happen is when we go and put into practice that which we heard. Okay? It's not the person hearing the Word of God, but the one that does it, that actually does the will of God. Amen? So the, one of the biggest challenges for us coming to church on a, on, on, a, on a weekly basis or even having quiet time on a daily basis is hearing God's voice. What do you do with it when you hear His voice? Do you apply it? That's, that's the thing, because Scripture, I think, is in James, says that do not be mere hearers of the Word, but also doers of the Word. And he actually says there, unless you, or that you may not deceive yourselves. Meaning that if we just hear, 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 but don't actually then go and apply it, it's a very good chance that we're going to deceive ourselves. Okay, so... Be intent to actually go and do it. But often what we do is we hear God's will and then we start running. 
And we, we, we hear God saying, go and make disciples of all nations. And then we go to all the, na- or we run left, right, and center. And we slap everybody with a Bible over their head. And, and that's not necessarily how God intended it. It's like, there's a place of where we need to pause and prepare ourselves. What does this mean? How do I do this? Where do I go? Um, and there's a place of where we need to prepare, prepare ourselves. And then from a place of having prepared, when he says they um, get ready, in other words, prepare um, to do God's will, whatever that is, um, it, relates to, it relates to waiting on God as well. Who of you felt like, heard the scripture and, and God drop in your heart, be still and know that I'm God? What have you done with that scripture? What do we, what, oh, no, let me rather ask it. What is the first thing we try to do? When we hear that scripture, what do I say? What do I do? <laughs> we, we're so geared that we have to do something. But in a, an instruction like that is exactly to do nothing, but actually just meditate on that God is, is the one. And, and, and it's sometimes awkward for us. Okay, so it, it, relates to, it relates to anything that God is saying to us at any given time. Okay, read with me this, this next scripture. I, I read this scripture, I think the last time I preached as well, but in a whole different context. 1 Peter 1 verse 13 to 16. It says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves, to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." Now, Daniel, you can throw that next slide up so long. Have a look at that, and I will explain now what's going on there. So the the context of of gird up your loins, it comes out of this. More Old Old Testament kind of times where the guys were, or Middle Eastern times, I mean, they still wear wear it like that in in the Middle East, is where the guys dressed up like that. And and the picture of girding up your loins is is preparing for action, preparing for work, preparing for war, um, or like because imagine if 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 you don't. If you don't tuck yourself in, you're going to fall over yourself when you actually want to either run, uh, fight with somebody, or work. So it's the picture of, and and that specific scripture talks about gird up the loins of your mind. Meaning prepare, in other translations says, prepare your minds for action. All right. So bump somebody next to you and just say, it's not gird up your lions. Yeah, in the ESV, it translates it to, Therefore, prepare your minds for action, and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be given to you, the revelation of Christ. And for me, like, preparation is such a key part, and, and, and I'm, I'm sharing this not out of a place of, like, I'm, I'm there. I, I'm, not, I'm not sharing this out of a place I've arrived there. This is something that God is talking to me about in a lot of contexts. One of the contexts is, is of of coming of coming to church and meeting with other with other believers. If I prepare myself, let, let me let me ask this, Roland. What was the extent of your preparation of coming to church this morning? Don't don't shout it out. Let's go. <laughs> All right. For most of us, we're just glad that we made it in time for church this morning. Amen. Especially if you have children, um, and and you didn't get a traffic fine on the way to church. Um, and, and the fact that it was windy outside and it's cold and it's miserable and like, ah, this duvet is really stuck on me this morning. Like, like for us, most, most of us here got up, showered, had some breakfast and uh, just made it in time. Some of you were very disappointed that there, wasn't, that there weren't coffee. Any of you? Yes, I see, see some smiles. Sorry, the coffee team's on long weekend. Um, yeah, so so the extent of most of our preparation for 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 a gathering like this is just like I, I'm I'm just glad I made it there. <laughs> like like everybody just should be thankful that I'm actually here. Um, and there's maybe a hundred, 
Let me share you my preparation of this morning. Okay, so I got up early this morning. My parents are here as well, and it's, it's, it's amazing having them there. So, so I got up early this morning just to go through the message that, that I felt God slaying on my heart this morning. So I get into the living room, and I, all I have you, have you ever have you ever walked past the perfume shop, and it, you, it's almost like you walk into a cloud of just okay. It's 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 a little bit opposite. The cats couldn't get out at night. Yeah, so both of them did their business in the lounge. So I walk in there, and there's this cloud that just and I'm like. I don't want to turn on the light. I don't want to turn on the light, but I have nowhere else to go because I'm going to wake everybody else up. Anyway, so then I needed to clean that first. And then, anyway, so that was what met me this morning. For some of you, it was your own child's nappy that leaked and you needed to. Um, some of you were just like, um, got up five minutes before you just jumped, jumped into your clothes and, and came here. Um, and some of the students, just not to miss the bus, hey guys, I'm coming, wait for me, that kind of thing. That's, that I see on the WhatsApp groups, like on a weekly basis. I'm on my way. Somebody, so inevitably there's somebody, one of the students, that we pick them up with the bus. I'm on my way, guys. I'm right there. Anyway, it's inevitable. All right, so that is generally a lot, often the extent of our preparation when we come to come here. Or even if you got a small group, what are the extent of your preparation there? The facilitators hopefully would have prepared maybe either the night before or just before small group or the, the morning and that kind of thing. But sometimes that doesn't happen either. And you just walk in there and you're just going to wing it. And you just, people hit you left, right, and center like, ah, I'm not prepared for this. It happens. Okay, so, but what I want to submit to you this morning is, is that have you, it's like the, the, the super rugby final uh, between the Lions and the Crusaders. Okay. Um, the Springboks must maybe listen to this sermon as well about preparation, but anyway. Okay, so there is a build-up to the final. You look at what the teams are, who's injured, who's not injured. They have preparation. We have preparation. The media is full of it. They're selling tickets. There's anticipation building. Now, either you're at this, if, if you're not a rugby fan, just draw that through to soccer or whatever it is that makes you come alive. Um, and like we we went to the final, Christine and I and about thirty or forty others in church went to the rugby and we took the children along. But there's this anticipation building because we are preparing ourselves. Okay, we're leaving that time. We need to get the heart train at that time because we want to be at the stadium at that time because we need to get our tickets from that guy. So there's a whole lot of planning and preparation, but it's all like building, building, building. Shame. Now we at the now we at the train station and. The, the train comes past, and the train is packed. It's just red everywhere you see. Now, it's a hustle and bustle, and we have the two children, and it's just, everybody is just squashing in here, and we're like, uh, and, we, and the train closes, and it goes. And Elaine is just like, her world just falls apart. She's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? We're not going to make it. And, and we're just like, no, no, no worry. There's another train coming in 10 minutes. So she, she thought that was it. That was the window of opportunity, and now it's gone, and now we're not going to make the rugby. And, and we said, no, don't worry. The, another train is going to come. And, and Anyway, so anticipation. What preparation does, a big part of what preparation does is it actually prepares us um, ourselves to engage fully with what's going on. Who of you have done Liberty, the fourth in our encounter series? Hands up quickly. Okay, this side, you need to come do liberty, okay? <laughs> okay, so it's a fourth and nine encounter series. A part of the preparation is we meet on the Monday evening, and we, we call it the preparation session. As a part of preparation for the Friday evening and the Saturday, the participants do a 36-hour fast. You that have done liberty, maybe maybe not done for Joe now, but <laughs> most people, I haven't heard negative testimonies, come, people having attended Liberty, like normally it's like very amazing because the anticipation builds for people to meet with God. There's, there's this expectation that, sure, I, I'm here, I'm, I'm putting everything aside, I'm even putting food aside to, Gerald, putting food aside. <laughs> um, go chat to Gerald how his fasting is going. Um, 
distracting myself here. Um, anticipation, preparation for, wow, we are going to meet with God in a very special way this weekend. I'm trusting God for certain things. Can you imagine, I'm not saying that this is what we should do, but can you imagine if all of us fasted and prayed every week for at least 24 hours before we actually for church on that Sunday morning? How different would our anticipation and our readiness to meet with God be when we come here all on a Sunday morning would be massively different. I mean, the other point that I'm making, I'm not saying that we should do that. All I'm just saying is that, is that our ability to receive from God and what God wants to do makes a big shift if we just prepare ourselves a little bit more before we come, come to church or when we, when we, and it's not just on church services. It is when you have quiet time as well. Now, that's a difficult one because you kind of, um, you, you kind of want to prepare to spend time with God. But at the same time, you don't have to like go and have to do like a hundred different rituals in order to think that now I'll be more approved by God. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for you to be able to receive fully, being fully present with when God talks to you, either your own quiet time or even if, if you listen to audio Bible in the car, um, what, whatever, if you just think through how can I prepare myself a little bit better for this moment that I'm going to spend with God. Here's, here's what happens, has happened often with me when, with quiet time. And you'll, uh, I think most of you will relate to this. You, you, you want to get up at 5 in the morning because at 6 or at 7, you need to either go drop the kids off or go to work or whatever. And you realize, okay, if, I need, if I'm going to leave at 7, the kids are going to wake up anytime from 6 or 6.30, so you work backwards. And we try to get up at 5 in the morning, okay? doesn't always happen. That snooze button is like a killer. Anyway, so what happens is, okay, now... Finally, we got up 5.30. Okay, it's 5.30. We got about roughly 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. Okay, now, now I need to maximize this 30 or 45 minutes. And you go and you sit down and you're like, now what? You've, you've had that experience. Okay, what am I going to read now? Am I going to worship? Am I going to pray? Am I going to read scripture? Am I going to be still and know that he is God? <laughs> what, what now? <laughs> um. And, and, and I want to just, and, and I'm sharing this out of a place, this is what God is talking to me about, just my own quiet time, is to, is to almost have a little bit of a, an idea before I actually go and sit down there, okay, I'm going to study Ephesians this week and I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to take Psalms and I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to read a Psalm. Or for, for that day, I'm just going to, I'm just going to worship God. Now, some people are planners, other people are just go with the flow. Whatever, whatever it works for you. But all I'm just saying is, just consider putting a little bit of preparation in, in terms of in the times when you're going to meet with your meet with God. For the guys that have proposed to ladies, you would have put a lot of preparation and thought in into that moment. Amen. You would have thought, okay, that 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 will be special to her. That will be special to her. That won't be special to her. You, you get flowers. You get a restaurant, or you make a picnic, or whatever, and you get your best buddy to hide in the bushes with a camera and all sorts of things. Um, there's, there's, it's a special moment for you, therefore you plan and you prepare. And so, Can you imagine, okay, maybe, maybe it happened like this for some of you, so I don't want to knock you, but if just like all of a sudden one day you're lying on the couch and like, hey, honey, you want to get married? Ladies, if he proposes to you like that, just tell him, try again. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying say no. There's a reason you're in that relationship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you need to write down. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, she's likely either going to say no ever in your wildest dreams are going to respond to. Yeah. There's a place of preparing a table to engage. When you get friends over, it's as well. You, you, you prepare a table in order to, to celebrate the moment, for it to be special, etc. Okay, uh, where, where are we? Okay, gird up the loins, gird up your loins.
Okay, so like I said, is the, the intention of, of, of today is to specifically focus on our upwards. When Henny and I often speak about discipleship, we talk about discipleship on a balanced way is an upwards relationship with God, inwards relationship towards community, and outwards relationship towards the world. If we have that in sync, then, we are, then our discipleship is healthy. Um, so what I'm focusing on today is specifically the the upwards and the inwards towards community part. I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you a psalm. Actually, I don't have it on the slides for you. Forgot to put it. You can read with your, in your Bibles just now. But I'm going to actually, Psalms 120 to 134 is, is widely known as Psalms of Ascent. Okay? Meaning it's, Ascent means an, an inclination, or if you if you uh, climb a mountain, you are ascending. That's the verb. But um, ascent is you you're like first ascent, second ascent. You like this plateau or whatever. Okay, so it is got a. It's a, it's a big. You climb or you walk to the summit of a mountain or a hill. You climb, you rise, or you ascend. Now Psalms 120 to 134 specifically known as Psalms of Ascent. And it is, some of it was written by David, some of it we don't know necessarily who the authors are. But what the Israelites used to do is they had about three yearly feasts, or three feasts within a year, which they would pilgrim, do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And they would, like, sing these psalms in repetition to one another and as they pilgrim, as they on this pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Um, and and I, and I just see such a um, you can you can see how the how the anticipation is building. It's it's um, it's it's like on Monday getting the highlights channel and and you, you're reflecting on the whole season and uh, that that kind of a thing. Um, you, you see you see that that building. Um, okay, so what it helps with is that there's a mental and a heart preparation. You imagine if you journey for two or three days to go and worship at the temple of God in Jerusalem. That by the time you reach Jerusalem, you can show us this next uh, picture. This is a, a little bit of a, more of the city of David, all Jerusalem. Um, imagine if you kind of come over the hill and you, and you see that. The, the excitement would build, Right? Like, you've been journeying for two or three or maybe a couple of weeks even. You journey with other people. And as you get closer to Jerusalem, there's more and more other people that is also on their, on their way there. And the moment you actually see Jerusalem, um, and even more as you journey into Jerusalem, onto the steps of the temple to go and worship there, there's just, there's just anticipation there. And when you actually come into the presence of God, there's no... I can guarantee you there would be nobody there that will be indifferent to the presence of God. This is what this whole journey has been about. So now we're here. So I'm going to make sure that I'm fully present. Because in two or three days' time, we're leaving again. and it's enough. So I'm, I'm right there right now. I want to make the most of it. And that's my encouragement to, to us all is to to specifically make the most of every opportunity when you are in the presence of God. When you are worshiping at church, when you're in small group, when you are having quiet time. Now, obviously, obviously everything of our lives, our work, uh, how we interact with our families, all of that is worship unto God. How you do that is worship unto God. But I'm specifically referring to the times when we are engaging with God on a personal Level where we are, where we want, where we are talking to God, and where we are, where we are actually inclining our ears. Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Um, what are you leading us as a people into? Are you all still with me? Okay, so here's just some some time. I've kind of run ahead a little bit, so I've said most of these things already. Um, I want to actually read you through through the uh, take this taken this um, uh, from desiring God, guys just to give you an overview and maybe just inspire you to go and actually read Psalm 120 to 134. And I'd encourage you, try this either at small group this week or when you come to church next week. Um, take one of these Psalms and actually read it in the car or 
Um, read it to your children as, as you go. Psalm 120 starts with a, with a journey in exile, with a, with a psalmist in distress about his situation. He says, Woe to me that I sojourn. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. Is verse 5 to 6. Um, put simply, the psalmist, the, the psalmist finds himself where he doesn't want to be. He's a sojourner, unsettled, dreaming of a better day. Then Psalm 121 says, um, comes next to remind God's people that God is our keeper. Although we may be in exile, God keeps our, uh, our going out and coming in. Psalm 122 follows with homesickness for Jerusalem, but not just any Jerusalem. The psalmist dreams of a peaceful Jerusalem under the throne of David. 123 says, echoes the plight of their situation, but makes clear that their eyes are fixed on God. Psalm 124 says, God has been faithful to keep his people in the past. 125 assures the people of coming peace in Jerusalem. 126 says, dreams yet again of that peace. 127 brings children into the, into the picture, implying that God is going to make good on his promise to send a son of David. 128 envisions the coming day of peace and blessing in Jerusalem. 129 reminds the reader that Zion's enemies will be put to shame. 130 refocuses the hope on God's plentiful redemption. 131, the psalm of ascents of David stands forth as a model of faith. Like David, the faithful reader should have a steady, patient soul that trusts in God. By, By Psalm 132, the reader has gained good altitude. As the longest psalm in the section, it stands as the center of the overall message. It is all about the Messiah refocusing the reader on the peace of Jerusalem that the son of David will bring by his reign. And the 133 highlights the unity and peace of that day. And the 134 calls the people to praise. Go and read it. It's, it's amazing. Um, and, and often we, we kind of take snippets out of it. And, and there's a place for that and so on. But often to get the full picture of what's going on. If you, if you, if, if you realize, okay, well, these psalms have actually... It's been written in different contexts, but if you think back on how the Israelites would have actually used these psalms to, and recited and actually sing them to one another um, as they go through. And, it, and, it's, and, and one thing just overall of all these psalms is you, you pick up a realness there often. Like David is like one moment he's, he feels like he's going through the valley of the shadow of death and the, mo- the next moment he feels like God has just prepared a table for him. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't beat around the bush about how he feels. It's like, it feels like I'm in hell. Where are you, God? Will you listen to me? If you felt like it. They, they, and, and, and often we suppress those things and we feel like, oh, I can't bring that to God. I must be holy in God's presence. Holiness doesn't mean not realness. Thanks, Zero. <laughs> Um, be real with God, but ob- obviously out of a place of reverence for God. You're still dealing with Almighty Creator here. But at the same time, be real with Him. Say, Lord, I, I really, I, I, don't, I honestly don't want to get out of bed this morning. Um, this day ahead of me is just, it just feels too much. Be, be, be honest with God um, about it. And, and, and you see often how, how David he progresses through in a sense, almost venting before God to a place of where he actually starts praising God. He says, yet I will praise you. Even though I can't make sense of all of the circumstances and what's going on in life, I will praise you, for you are worthy to be, to be praised. Amen. Okay, so just in terms, just some, some tips for if, if you, you're starting, starting out in a relationship with God now, just in terms of your own quiet time, I'd encourage you, bring in worship. Bring in thanksgiving. Worship obviously takes on different forms, but um, what often helps is to just actually sing a song or to take, take a video or take some worship music. And sing. What it helps to do as well is it brings you into the moment. Um, worshiping God doesn't change anything about God, you realize. It's not as if He needs our worship. It changes us. And that's why he's inviting us to worship him, because it's as we behold him that we change. And we get this. So I'd encourage you, like, if you really, if you like feeling all over the place, bring in some worship into your into your time with God, 
And that helps you to just to, to get the focus sometimes off your circumstances, off yourself, and actually to go and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm here. Um, I'm here. Let, talk to me. And then obviously reading scripture and praying. Um, those are just some ideas that you can obviously do more. Um, but in essence, those things will, will, will help. Um, and then intimacy with God, knowing God will lead to knowing His will. And from a place of knowing His will will help you to prepare to do His will and then to go and do His will. Amen? Okay, last thought here before, before, we, um, before we close, and that's just the preparation inwards, and I'm going to labor it too long. As a matter of fact, I'm only going to labor it five minutes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now that spur that it's talking about is not Spur where we go eat out in a restaurant, no? Yeah. Scarpa, uh, they're, they're not here this morning, but one of their sons, uh, I think it's Daniel, the little one, we, we used to, we, sometimes we do like missions fundraising at, uh, at the Spur at Northcliffe Corner. Um, so Daniel, the little one, identifies that Spur as Wimian George's Spur because <laughs> they'd come eat there when we do fundraising. And uh, so often after church, he wants to go to Wimian George's spur. Um, all right. Okay, it's not the spur we're talking about. It says they let us consider how we may spur one another on. What did I miss? <laughs> did the penny drop late there at the back? <laughs> okay. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. You see that where it says there, let us consider. It actually implies thinking about it. It actually involves how can I, where I know I'm going to see you one on Wednesday, how can, let me consider how when we're going to meet up in small group on Wednesday night, how can I actually encourage him? How can I spur him on? How can I... Um, Spur him on to love. Love me, love others. Um, and, and I'd encourage us to do that as well. As when, you, when you come to church here, often, and it's okay, when, when, we, when we start out in a relationship with God, it's very, much, it's very much like it's a newborn baby. And what, is, what does babies do? What does new ba- no, newborn babies do? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> they sleep, they cry, and they dirty their nappies. That's pretty much, uh, and they eat, obviously, and they or drink, um, and that's okay. You don't, you're not expecting a newborn baby to to have to be able to do all sorts of stuff. Okay, so it's what I'm talking about is age appropriate, obviously. So if you're just starting out in a relationship with God, um, I'm not expecting you to come to church every Sunday with a word for a hundred different people. Okay, like take it age appropriate to where to where you are in your walk with God. But at the same time, um, my oldest daughter is six years old now. We expect her to make her own bed. Um, Not because we don't want to, or maybe a little bit of that as well. But uh, uh, but she, we we want to train her to start taking responsibility of her own stuff. Um, and you can go and ask Opa and Omar, she does it wonderfully. Um, and it, so somewhere along the line, you don't want your six-year-old to still be in nappies. You want her to start taking responsibility of herself and maybe, in a, uh, maybe another sibling, etc. You, you, you want to grow. So what I'm encouraging us all to do in your journey of growth, whether it's now or whether it's on a, on a later stage, I want to encourage you to, to trust God for a word either for the congregation or for a select individual or two. And how you do it is like if you have quiet time in the morning before you come to church is, Lord, 
who do you, like during your quiet time, Lord, who do you want to encourage this morning? Who do you want to bless through me this morning? And you'd be amazed. Like, can you imagine coming to church and you have a down day and there's five people coming to you with a word from God that they received in their quiet time for you that morning? When you're in need. Um, now, if you're in an okay space and you can ask God, Lord, show me what do you want to do in somebody's life. I'm willing to be used by you. It'd be amazing, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's a dual preparation of being prepared to meet with God, but being prepared to be used by God in the context of community for somebody else that actually just needs, hey, I can see you're not doing well. Are you okay? Can I pray with you? Um, doesn't, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't have to happen here with an altar call. It's, 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 we come, in, come and go here, um, and, and we can't be like strangers in the night passing one another by. We need to engage with one another. And, and, and unfortunately, we do that often. And unless we're going to be intentional with building bridges to one another's hearts, I want to say this goes for cross ages, it goes for cross genders, it goes for cross cultures, um, is that we intentionally engage. And I, I, want to, I want to put a, what a challenge out to us as a congregation is to open up your home for at least one Sunday in a month, on a Sunday afternoon after church, and invite people over for lunch. Either planning it deliberately with one or two people or whatever, but um, we want to build a godly community. And just coming to church in and out doesn't, does little bits of that, and it's amazing to meet in God's presence. We want to do that. But I'd encourage you to to at least once a month build more intentional community. People of different ages, of different genres, of different races. But I encourage you, like the students are like, I'm first in line, pick me. <laughs> Amen. Um, but what we want to do is establish godly community, deeper, heartfelt community. Um, and, and that's going to take preparation. That's going to take in being intentional. Um, and then also on the other end is also sometimes it's easier to give than to receive for us. Um, sometimes. It's like, yes, I'm, I'm willing to give you this. If somebody comes to you and it's like, I want to I bless you with this. We're like, um, what, do you want, what, what do you want from me? <laughs> um, we, we'd struggle to receive a gift just for the, for the sake of it being a gift. Um, and, and so it's the art of learning how to give, but it's also the art of learning how to receive without feeling indebted to anybody. Amen. Amen. Okay, so just in conclusion. Okay, so preparation leads to being fully alert, fully aware, and fully present. I know normally in a, in, a, in a conclusion you're not supposed to make a new point, but I, I, just, I, I just remember this now. Um, <laughs> there's a, one of the biggest distractions for being fully present is this. Yeah. So students, while you're studying, put this on flight mode. <laughs> If you're with your wife, husbands, put some healthy boundaries in terms of this. When you're with your children, um, when you, when you want to be fully present, make sure that the things that make that you're not fully present are out of the way. Um, same with your quiet time. If you take your phone into your quiet time, you are going to get distracted. Unless you can put the data off. If you can prevent a message popping up. Who of you have the self-control to not pick up the phone if you hear ping? One, two. You must come lay your hands on. <laughs> it's like there's, there's this curiosity of we, we want to we know what's going on. Even if we don't pick up our phones, we, we knock, that did that, that distract us for at least two seconds. Um, so, so, I'm just giving you that as a heads up, as a, just the extra for today. 
Okay, those are one of the biggest distractions. It's, it's obviously an amazing tool because you've got your worship music on there, you've got your Bible on there, you even got your journal on there. Okay, but I just want to just say, just go and investigate. If there are things like that that, that makes it, it actually causes more distraction, you know, just go back to hard copy journaling, hard copy Bible, and some CDs for worship. <laughs> or you can still worship if your phone is in flight mode because you okay, some technical advice. All right. In conclusion, okay, preparation leads to be f- being fully alert, fully aware, and fully present. Okay, so get ready. Us getting ready helps us to be obedient to that which God has actually said what His will is. Okay, prepare your minds for action. Preparation for upwards worship and time with God and preparation inwards for intentional godly community. Let's, let's all stand together as we as I just pray for us. Yes, Father, we, we realize, God, in the, in the age, in the generation that we are living in, God, that there is so many things that are competing for our attention. So much media, so much entertainment, so much things, so many things that, and different things from all sorts of angles that are, that are competing and fighting for our attention. And sometimes it's difficult for us just to, just to press a pause button and evaluate and prepare ourselves in advance for something that you want to do. Lord, I pray God that this morning, I pray God that there be a seed that drops into our hearts, in each and every one of our hearts, of wanting to be ready for moments with you. To be fully, fully present. And yes, Lord, there, is going to be, there are going to be times when um, somebody is sick and there's going to be circumstances in life that happens that, that causes us not always to be fully present. And I, and, I, and I pray specifically, God, that there would be no condemnation in times when people aren't really fully present. That it would not be a performance thing, God, but just a, a registration in our hearts that that there's an invitation to, to be more here, to be more alert, to be more, to be more engaged. And Lord Jesus, I want to I want to ask that you come and open up our eyes to see you more. I thank you for the preparation of our hearts, and I thank you that for even the times when when we can't come as prepared as we want to. That your grace is sufficient for us to meet us where we're at. But Lord, this morning, we just want to communicate a desire to you to say the Lord, it is our desire to be more present. It is our desire to be more engaged with you. And Lord, at the same time, I'm going to pray that you would use us to build intentional godly community amongst one another, Lord. Lord, show us the needs of the people around us. Show us what you want to do. Show us what you want to say. Show us how we can encourage one another toward love and good deeds. Lord, we exalt you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I just want to ask as we just keep our eyes closed that but as I've, as I've been speaking this morning, you, you actually you, you realize that there's an element of not life present in your relationship with God. There's an element where you feel like my relationship with God is not alive. And I want to submit to you that that relationship with God is supposed to be alive. It's supposed to be dynamic. It's supposed to be hear, be able to hear God's voice. Yes, sometimes it's difficult to hear God's voice, but I'm talking specifically, if you're registering that there is no life in my religion, there's no life in me going to church, there's no life in me reading the Bible, I'm trying all these things, but I'm not experiencing life. If I have to go and sit down and ask God for something, I don't expect an answer because I've never heard an answer. If you don't experience life in your relationship with God this morning, I want to invite you I just want to be a voice to invite you into that living relationship with God. 
If there's anybody here that relates to that, where you feel that you, you don't have a living relationship with this almighty God, I want to encourage you just to be bold. Everybody's eyes are closed. Just to raise your, raise your hand. It's very high. Not for me. It's, it's, it's towards God. It's all good and well that we can talk about a whole lot of stuff. We can talk about a whole lot of church. We can talk about a whole lot of God. But if we don't respond, if we don't, come, if we don't enter into that relationship to start off with, all this talk is really empty talk. So if you don't have a living relationship with God, I really want to just, it's just an invitation to, to come into that living relationship with God. Is there anybody like that? Lord, I want to ask, Lord, that you come and just loosen loosen our, our tongues to, to be able to operate freely in any sphere where we are. To be able to testify about your goodness. We sang so much about praising you, praising your name. May we continue to praise your name with one another. Say, wow, your God has done this. Let's celebrate this. I thank you, God, just for a freedom that you've come to set us free with. And I pray, God, that for people that are on the outskirts of this community, looking in and wanting, wanting to be a part of a godly community, but not sure, will I, will I belong? Will I be accepted? And I pray, God, specifically for people like that. And I pray that you will help us by your grace to see people, to engage with people in a loving, godly love way. I want to speak a blessing over every person here, God, as we continue into this afternoon and resting tomorrow. Pray, God, that there will be times when we're just so, so satisfied within you. Hearing your voice, being with you, and being called your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.